Hi, everybody. Welcome to the Healing Place podcast. I am your host, Terry Welbrock, and way incredibly super duper excited to have Jason Lee with me here today. And yeah, welcome, Jason. Thanks, Terry. It's real nice to meet you. Finally, yes, you too. Absolutely. Uh, All the way from the West Coast in beautiful. Yeah. yeah. You're in British Columbia? Yeah, in Vancouver. Yeah. Uh, have, you've never been? I've never been. No. Well, come. Don't come now because it's kind of cold and you wouldn't be really getting right. a whole lot warmer from your Midwest weather. Yeah. You got to come in the summer or the spring. So I've heard. I've heard it's absolutely beautiful. I have a real quick little funny, cute, adorable story is that um, I went down to the Hay House Writers Workshop in Orlando um, about a year and a half ago and um, afraid of flying but I was like you know what I really I have to do this for me about you know my book and so I got on a plane flew down and was a little anxious had a little bit of heightened anxiety but used a lot of my coping skills and so got in this um uh, I'm so drawing a blank you know the van that picks you up and takes you to the resort and I'm so yeah, drawing yeah, the shuttle yeah. <laughs> shuttle <laughs> and so I get in the shuttle and I'm in, in the in the back and squished in and the driver said, We're, we have to pick up one more person. I was thinking, well, where are they going to fit? And so I had to scooch way over, and this little lady got in and squished in next to me. And as we're driving along the highway in Orlando, rush hour traffic, super crazy busy. My highways are one of my triggers. And so mm -hmm. I had my music on. I had my head down. I was just, you know, doing some coping, you know, skills. And my sister was next to me, and she said, why are your eyes closed? And I was like, have you not known me for the last 25 years? <laughs> but so the lady, all of a sudden I feel a hand on my leg and this lady says, um, are you having a panic attack or, you know, and I said, yes, you know, I have a history, but I'm, I'm calming myself. She says, I'm a trauma therapist from Vancouver. <laughs> you get out of town. <laughs> and it turns out she was going to the same, the same. The, the Hay House Writers Workshop. Uh, and so we were, we took the entire car ride together, which was like a 45 minute car ride. And she had me do the, doing these amazing exercises. I had no anxiety whatsoever. And I made this beautiful <laughs> friend. So we're still friends today. Oh, awesome. But how, yeah, you talk about synchronicity that, you know. Yeah, really. Well, now, you know, two Vancouver rights. Right, exactly. <laughs> so I for sure have to go. Right. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, yeah. So talk to me about, um, so you have a website, Sugar Happy, and it's H-A-P-P-I.org, yeah. and uh, a book that you have out. So yeah, talk to us about that. Yeah, so I published uh, my book, Living with the Dragon, Healing 15,000 Days of Abuse and Shame. So it's basically a personal development book and a memoir uh, in hopes to kind of reach out to the community of individuals who've experienced childhood trauma, abuse, and wanting to kind of take that next step in and reshaping themselves, knowing that if they're feeling a little stuck in life and can't figure out what's going on, maybe they need to dig a little deeper into some of their past events that they may or may not have been aware that affected them. Um, so like myself, I grew up in a very tumultuous uh, household. It was uh, uh, my parents were working class uh, parents and it worked hard. My dad was a mechanic at uh, BC Transit, which was a... Um, uh, uh, basically for public transit systems, he fixed buses and whatnot. And man, he had a temper. <laughs> he, he was, uh, he was an angry man and he oftentimes took it out on me. 
and uh, my mom, she worked two jobs, worked hard um, at the hospital and also as a, as a prep cook. And uh, she was, uh, she wasn't, she wasn't as uh, temperamental as my dad, but he, she certainly had her moments. And I think my mom was also uh, had some mental health struggles with perhaps depression or anxiety and certainly undiagnosed. But uh, oftentimes I think she, she took out a lot of her, her internal anger uh, on, on the children. So, you know, I was the youngest of three kids. I have an older brother, older sister, and uh, boy, we fought a lot as well. And, uh, but the funny thing is we, you know, we were just, every day we were exposed to this angry environment, you know, whether it's dad yelling or mom nagging and really yelling and dad beating up on me. Um, there was a lot of uh, fights going on between, you know, the siblings as well, but it felt normal, right. you know? Right. And that, that was the, the, the craziness of it all. And uh, in one of your podcasts, I was listening to, you, you kind of said there's almost comfort in chaos, right? Yes. Where, you know, we don't know any differently. and We almost kind of feel like it's a normal environment to be having these type of angry types of interactions. And, you know, coupled with that and, you know, a lot of childhood bullying, uh, I was often bullied at school and, you know, I was beaten up by my brother very often and, um, you know, being a minority at the time and, uh, I faced a lot of discrimination, racial slurs as well in my community. And, you know, it, all of this kind of built up and bled into my adult years. You know, I faced a lot of issues with anger problems. I certainly had a lot of issues with self-esteem, a lack of self-worth. Um, you know, so that's why, you know, throughout my journey, I realized I needed to do something about this and, you know, hence living with the dragon was kind of, you know, emerged and, uh, you know, it kind of took the next steps and becoming a mental health speaker, uh, a blogger and instructor, and, you know, just wanting to open up the world to a, uh, uh, to that aspect of mental health and, um, anger management. Yeah. And beautiful. I love, I love it how so many of us who have been through, you know, ACEs, adverse childhood experiences, then take what, we've survived. And, um, you know, I like to say shine that light of hope. Um, and you're certainly doing that. Well, you know, when we, when we start, start to become aware of what transpired and we start to be motivated to helping ourselves to find that light, as you say, it almost seems, uh, infectious and contagious that we want to just try to be able to reach out and help other people. It almost becomes part of, uh, your purpose. I, I read a really great, great quote the other day. It was about, uh, you know, if, if you're looking to find your purpose, heal yourself first, right? And take that knowledge and help others in that, in that process. You know, it almost becomes very, a very natural, a very organic feeling. That's what yes. it's been, right? Yeah. I call it like, like my soul work, mm. you know, it just, it's, yeah, it just feels like this is what I'm, meant to be doing because it, it doesn't feel like work. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You know, and, and there's a part of me that almost thinks, well, would I change anything from my past? Um, you know, obviously all that pain and all that strife, would I change it for anything in the world for, you know, given where I am today, there's a part of me that says, no, I'm you there. Know, yeah. I'm, you you I, get that, right? Yeah. Because you just talk about, finding your purpose and you have a purpose right now. And despite all that pain, 
that you endured, it almost feels like, well, this feeling, this rewarding feeling is tenfold stronger than any pain that we endured. Oh, what a great way to look at it because that's so true. Yeah. Yeah. Because I always kind of wondered like, wow, would I go back and change it? And then, you know, the majority of the time the answer is no, because one, it it made me realize how strong I am. Mm -hmm. Um, I mean, I found a warrior. Yeah. Yeah. Trauma warrior. Right. (laughs) Exactly. And yeah, so that's a beautiful way to look at it is that the reward is 10 times. Yeah. More powerful, more beautiful. Um, It is, you know, because you're able to also, you know, give the gift of healing to others as well for those who are motivated in, in that, in that uh, space in their life. Right. If they want to find that healing, you know, it's, it's available for people to, you know, reach out, you know, you're, you become a resource for so many people because the statistic is astounding. I was reading um, that World Health Organization estimates about one in four people around the world have suffered from childhood abuse. Gosh, and that just, it, it's one in four. One yeah. in four. And I think in the States, if I'm correct, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, because I don't live there, um, there's about six million children who face childhood abuse every year. There were 6 million reports. It's just, again, heartbreaking. I know more the statistics of, you know, the one in four sexual abuse mm-hmm. here in the States and for girls and one in seven or might be one in six, which is sad that it's getting more prevalent. Yeah. Um, yeah. Again, just heartbreaking statistics. Yeah, it is. And, you know, I think we need more individuals such as yourself and, and uh, you know, the ACE community to raise that awareness and to you know raise our hands to try to put an end to it or right. to help people stop that cycle of abuse and anger, right? Yes, and that's I was just going to say, you know, when you can when you can help heal the adults who mm-hmm. were hurt as children and and for them to find healing, then you stop that cycle. It's no longer perpetuating. Yeah, and that's one of my goals as a parent for sure. And you, you know, you could probably relate as a as a parent as well as that. You know, I've, I've, for one, have had anger issues where, you know, I, it, it got to a, a boiling point where I said, you know what, if I'm not going to stop this cycle, this is just going to get passed down to my son. Right. And I can't live with that. Right. So, you know, had to really take that deep dive, that painful dive of looking into yourself and trying to course correct so that I could break that chain so that he has a much better role model to look up to. That he has a, um, better beliefs um, that he, he can um, develop and also uh, healthier self-esteem too for him. Right. Right. Well, and I, I was just making a video and talking about EMDR and, and PTSD diagnosis. But one of the things I talked about was my dad, my dad hit me until I was 10 and then my dad sought counseling and I'll never forget the day he sat me on his lap when I was 10 years old and said, I never should have hit you. Uh, I realize that now. Um, I was taking my anger out on you, um, my frustrations, you know, with my mom being an alcoholic. And he said, I will never hit you again. And he never did. And that was a very powerful, very powerful moment for a 10-year-old me. Because Mm -hmm. one, I I understood forgiveness. But two, um, you know, to have this man that I was so terrified of. Mm. You know, apologize and 
it was just, uh, yeah. And so again, I think of these parents out there, you know, who are struggling and if we can reach them in an ACEs connection, you know, resilience building kind of way and help them heal, like my dad received counseling yeah. and healed. Yeah. I mean, what a, what an amazing difference it'll make in the, in their children's lives yeah. when they, and can. I want to add what a brave man he was for, for doing yeah. that. Right. And uh, you know, I, makes me kind of question and wonder like what, what made him realize and have that self-awareness that he needed yeah. to find help. Right. And I think that's, that's amazing because not many of us are either brave enough or we're often in denial that we're having a problem. Right. Right. And one of the things that I was at a community uh, speaking event for Bell Let's Talk Day uh, a few weeks ago. And um, you know, this, uh, the society on, on raising mental health awareness says, well, you know what? it's great that we're reaching out to those people who are ready well on their way in their journey of healing and recovery. Kudos to them because it takes a lot of effort and energy to do that. But the ultimate goal is to have that snowball effect where we could pick up and gather more people who aren't aware or who are in denial of their behaviors. Right. Yeah. And the impact and the impact, yeah. The impact that it's having right on their children and yeah. And that's one of my goals too, you know, like uh, with my book and with my speaking events and and even just sharing on coming public on social media is that uh, I really want to kind of just raise awareness to people out there to say, hey, you know, like any ordinary guy, you know, working class guy, he's a guy you see at the supermarket or filling his, you know, gas tank at the gas station, you know, may have some problems from their past that they can safely address. And there is no shame. There's no, you know, there is no embarrassment that needs to be, um, needs to be, it, it doesn't need to be frowned upon. We just kind of have to dig deep and, and find that, that courage to kind of say, Hey, yeah, maybe it hasn't affected me uh, over the years. You know, like maybe my anger or maybe my, my uh, depression or anxiety is a result of, you know, what transpired in the past. And right. that's what kind of my goal is just raise awareness just to kind of like that aha moment or plant the seed, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Because now that all these, everything's coming, you know, to light with how trauma affects us on a physiological basis. Um, And it does get stored and it, you know um, yeah, it's, it's wonderful because we can start to say, Hey, this is what's happening. This is what, you know, what happened to you in the past. You can't just forget it and move on. Yeah. Um, it did have an impact. And, and that, that was my life, Terry. I mean, for, for the better part of my adulthood was that, uh, so I, I moved out of my, my family home around my early twenties, I think 21 or 22. And I had nothing to do with my, my parents I had nothing to do with my brother at the time. I lived with my sister and I thought, you know, I did it. I made it. You know, everything's hunky dory. I got, I got a job. I got a girlfriend, you know, I got a social life. And I thought I had it figured out. And I literally, I remember saying to either my friends or my sister that that's it. My problems are done. I don't, you know, it's, I don't have to deal with mom and dad anymore. I don't have to deal with my brother anymore, but you know what? It's like the old saying goes, the past catches up to you, right? Eventually we'll catch up to you. You can't run away from your problems all cliches, but so true. Right. Right. And it did, you know, it, uh, you know, my relationships, I had anger problems, you know, I had abusive tendencies, very, very emotionally, uh, very verbally, uh, emotionally abusive individual. 
and it wasn't healthy. And obviously it was taking my anger out on my son as well as, as you know, in his younger years and, you know, call it lack of awareness, denial, um, not having the courage or the balls to kind of say, Hey, right. I got a problem. Right. Yeah. Who wants to admit that they've got a problem. Right. But you know, once you kind of do that and what, what I've found is that once I've kind of opened that gateway and just openly said, yeah, I had a problem, problem. It became a lot easier and it actually became a lot uh, normalized for myself to want to seek help because it actually looking at my past frightens me a lot because that's the person that I don't want to ever become again. Yeah. Person who was like angry and irate with road rage and, you know, like, taking out my temper on my son, you know, and just snapping at, you know, just being so overly impatient over everything. It was just uh, an unhealthy place for me. Yeah. Well, kudos to you. I mean, I applaud you for right. Being able to look in the mirror and say, you know what, this is a problem and I need to, I need to do something about it. So, well, when you think about it, I mean, you know, for those of us who've faced some sort of abuse or, or trauma in our, in our childhood, we've had, you know, for me, you know, the abuse, the physical abuse probably stopped. Uh, I want to say maybe when I was around 10 or 12 years old. And then there came the emotional abuse, the verbal abuse of, you know, you're useless, you're lazy, you know, you're good for nothing. Mm. You know, that, that went on for, you know, well over into my teenage years. Um, I guess even to some, some extent, my adult years. Um, so you think about, you know, the, the 30, 40 years that I had of this tangled web of low self-esteem, lack of self-love, lack of self-worth. And I've only recently come to discover this about myself, maybe in the last five years, I've got so much to untangle right? <laughs> and it's not going to happen overnight, is it? Right? No, I just, I'm laughing because I just, just had this conversation today when I said, in one of my EMDR sessions, I said, you know, she would always ask, you know, what's happening, what's going on? And I said, I feel like I'm sitting on the floor holding this giant, have you ever seen Christmas Vacation, the movie? With the big tangled Yes, with uh, the big giant ball, like Ross is like dad, you know? (laughs) And I said, I feel like this is like, I, I don't even know where to start with this big, yeah. so I get what you're saying. Yes. Yeah, yeah. We, we, I mean, there's a lot. And, and, and you know, and when I kind of took the first steps in this journey, I, I knew this was going to be a lifelong thing. Yeah. So what, what resources did you utilize when you first started? Along oh, I guess uh, first and foremost, I went to talk to my family doctor about my depression. So you know, a little bit of medication helped me get into uh, right frame of mind to seek counseling yes. and the way I know there's, there's different perspectives on medication. Um, but how I look at medication is like a set of crutches, right? Yeah. It's not going to be there to support you all the way. It's not going to carry you throughout your entire life. Right. But it's going to help you to take that next step into whether it's counseling or whether it's group therapy or different forms of therapy. Um, so that's what I did. So I went to my family doctor first, and then I worked aggressively with a number of different counselors. I probably had at one time about four or five different counselors I was working with um, at the same time, uh, kind of for different needs. One was kind of more cognitive behavior therapy. One was working in a anger management men's group. Um, 
And I tell you, that one was freaky because uh, I remember I was, I voluntarily went into this uh, anger management group and um, the rest of the people there, the men there were mandated by the government because they were, oh. um, yeah, they, so they had been court orders. <laughs> court orders. They were physically abusive. They oh. literally like beat their wives or beat their kids and, and, and stuff. Wow. And I was like kind of nervous. I was sitting in the room and I was like, like, you know, hands, uh, you know, hands underneath my, my legs. And it's like, I am Jason. <laughs> but then, you know what, after maybe about 30 minutes to 60 minutes into the session, I felt super safe. And I felt, you know what, uh, it was wrong of me to judge you because I'm no different because I have anger problems. I've been abusive just because I wasn't mandated doesn't make me, you know, anything less than you or anything more than you, right? Like right. we're all in here for the same reason. We're all in here to um, reshape our thinking. Right? Yeah. And, and you wonder how many of them had been hurt, uh, you know, as children. And Oh, absolutely. When we started opening up uh, weeks later about, you know, the past, you know, when the counselor started talking about your past and how your, your relationship was with your parents, all of them pretty much had some yeah. sort of, uh, relationship with their 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 family members so it, it is true right yeah so you know worked with a lot of counselors and, and different groups and uh the most important resource uh terry for me was um well was practicing a lot of the self-care um exercises that i learned whether it's breathing meditation the biggest one for me is self-awareness so i do this thing where i i, I teach about body mapping and that's basically a mindful meditation of your understanding different triggers and pressure points in your body. And when you kind of practice recognizing your, your body triggers, let's say you're feeling like a, a tightness in your chest or a numbness in your, your forehead, um, it's raising an alarm bell for you to say, hey, I better look after this or something could get dicey. I might start to get angry or I might start to feel a little anxious you know, your body's telling you something. So right. that mindful connection between your body and your thoughts is super important. And that's one of the things that I continue to practice uh, regularly, even while I'm driving. Um, I've done a lot of self-talk. Um, I read this book. Uh, it's by a local author, a BC author, Calvin Sanborn. It's called Becoming the Kind Father. And uh, it's, you know, it's, it's a story about a young um, he when he was a young boy, he was uh, abused by his father and he grew up to be an angry, abusive man as well. And it's a book that talks about becoming that father you never had, right? Or that parent you never yeah. had. Yeah. And talking to yourself in, in kindness with compassion and patience. So, you know, sometimes I'm driving home from work and, you know, if I had a rough day at work, for instance, you know, I do a little self-talk, you know, in the car. It's like, hey, how's your day, Jason? And I, I would answer. It's like, yeah, it was good. Or, you know, I had it rough with my boss today or such and so-and-so. And, you know, I would reply. It's like, no, that's okay. You know, like tomorrow's a new day or, you know, make sure you look after yourself and, you know, very gentle words to myself. So, you know, it's, it's, it's not as ooh, crazy as he sounds. No, but. I do it. I get it. <laughs> yeah, like, yeah, yeah. I still get no. you, man. <laughs> Yeah, good. Okay. I do it more from be your own best friend. Like, right. yeah, but, but yeah, yeah, positive exactly. self-talk. Like, exactly. yeah, it's, I get it's, it. It's, it's like Gollum in Lord of the Rings, but <laughs> <not> precious. <laughs> 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 but 
nothing like that. <laughs> but I do love sashimi though. So um, anyway, <laughs> so I do a lot of self-talk. Um, so those are the tools that's really kind of helped me um, in my journey. So I have a question about the, yeah. the, the body mapping thing, just because yeah. it piqued my curiosity and I had not heard that before. Do you move into, um, like, do you, do you then focus on that body sensation and move into it and give it attention? Or do you redirect and do like a breathing technique or, you know, a meditative thing, like a mindfulness thing to, to kind of dissipate it? I, I don't dissipate it. I bring that mindful attention to that localized area. So for instance, in that body mapping exercise, I'll basically focus in, let's say like clenching your fist, holding yeah. it there, recognize how that feels, release it, recognize how that feels. Same thing, you know, like frown and, you know, hold on to that frown and, and, and recognize that, that feeling right there. Yeah. So if you do that regularly, when it does happen, let's say I'm having a very, frustrating moment let's say with my son you know all of a sudden i'm feeling that that scowl that frown it automatically sends a signal to my brain because it's now become conditioned to know hey this is an angry feeling in my temple now that i better slow down and deal with it and do something about it right and then of course then i go to the next step of self-soothing you know yeah. self-care right? right so um those are the, and that's something I've practiced very often. That's super cool. I love yeah, that. It, it is. And you know, the way I look at it is that these skills that we learn, we have to practice it. It's like riding a bike or driving. Right. You know, if you do it once or twice, it's not going to do you a whole lot of good. And especially for, for trauma survivors, I feel, um, because we have such heightened emotions and yes. sensitivities, we have to really pay attention to a lot of the triggers a lot of the things that our body and our thoughts are telling us, right? Yeah, well, and we have such habitual, I know I had a lot of habitual, mm -hmm. um, you know, responses. And so I had to, I had to really make an effort to change my habit formation. Um, yeah. Yes. But what you just talked about is a beautiful way to do that. And that noticing the physiological, you know, response that you're having um, and I had heard before moving into it, which is why I asked if that's what you did, because I, I just think that's such a cool to move into it. Yeah, yeah, for yeah. sure. And, and, you know, and a lot of these skills, you know, they're, they're easy to do. And, you know, in, in, in some instances, you could just practice it before bedtime. And, and the, that's one of the things that, um, that I really emphasize in whatever workshops or, or, or speeches that I do. And it's about practicing these skills. We learn a lot from listening to podcasts and talking, people talking on YouTube, for instance, or blogs even. You know, we have a lot of celebrities, you know, big name guys talking about, oh, you got to do this or you got to do that. But if we don't practice these skills, they're just really just ideas at the moment, right? So we really have to reinforce that in ourselves and find that discipline, you know? Yes, and so that, absolutely. Uh, that self-realization, hey, we're worth it too, right? Right, right. Well, and you just brought up my next question, which is, you know, you have video workshops that you do. Um, what are those and, and how can people, you know, participate in that? Yeah, so I've got three video workshops that I launched last year and my son actually helped me with the video production. So I'm really proud of him for that. That's awesome. So I, I've got three tiers, three levels essentially for it. And the first one is basically called managing your, your stress, you know, and I know that it's kind of an entry level 
workshop where it guides people to using different tools and techniques on um, managing stress and things like anxiety and depression. So from breathing techniques to something I call a four second breathing technique, yes. uh, of course, the body mapping um, to just being mindful and eating simple things like that. So it's kind of like, well, if you're not really quite there to get your, you know, ready for that first step into your journey, this will be a great way to get your feet wet. Right. Okay. And then the second workshop is what I call boosting your mental health and communication skills. So it's about interactions and forms of communication with whether it's with other people uh, such as your partner or with uh, people at work. So it's about recognizing, raising that self-awareness and talking about your feelings. So especially for people like myself with anger issues before, we didn't recognize that anger is really a secondary emotion. And there's like a whole array of different words that we could use to describe our feelings from frustrated to stress to uh, anxious and, and recognizing and not just jumping from zero to anger right away, but recognizing those other primary feelings and then yeah. using them in communication. So like I'd say to you, Terry, I feel frustrated today from work. I mean, of course, this is a very simplified example, but I feel frustrated today from work and, uh, you know, and I'm feeling really tired, right? I feel stressed out as opposed to Terry. I'm pissed at my boss. Yeah, exactly. I'm pissed at my boss, you know, right. I hate this, you know, and <laughs> slam the door, you know, kind of. You're right. Right. So it's just, uh, so that's the second workshop. And then the third workshop, which is really uh, culmination of everything that I've done. It's called healing your, uh, healing your life from childhood abuse and trauma. And that's the one where I really want to send the message home about our subconscious beliefs about ourselves. If we face uh, adversity as a kid and um, about recognizing our self-worth, uh, our self-esteem, um, a lot of the subconscious messages and the biggest enemy of all is shame. And I go yes. into talking about shame. Right. Yeah. Right. So that's kind of the three workshops and that's available. You could get it through my workshop. Uh, it's on Udemy as well. And, uh, you know, it's, it's just something I'm very passionate about and I just want to share with, with people out there. Yeah. Well, very, it's beautiful and I love it. And I just, I, I love the idea of, you know, yeah, workshops and online courses and webinars and any way to help people, you know, heal. And um, which again, you know, I do this podcast because and, and bring amazing people like you on board because there's somebody out there and hopefully lots of somebodies who are, who are going to find you through this and, you know, you're going to be that, that person to hold their hand. Um, and yeah, I've, I've got a question for you, Terry. Um, sure. how, how's your response been with men particularly, like in terms of men reaching out for help or is it more of a, it's more female, more I mean, female, right? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. And that's one of the, my goals too. You know, in the long run is kind of open the doorway for guys. And, right. Right. But I think that's starting to change. I truly do because I think more men, um, are starting to realize, um, you know, that they have, um, you know, most likely, I mean, a post-traumatic stress disorder or, you know, that they have the symptoms of it. Um, and they're starting to understand that's where their anger is stemming from or, or their depression or, yeah. And so I think it's wonderful. And I hope that's why, again, what you're doing is, is amazing because, you know, 
you can reach out to, to men. I mean, obviously women too, but when you have a man standing up and saying, you know, what you're saying about anger, um, it's going to resonate. Yeah, exactly. If I raise my hand and yeah. all of a sudden it becomes kind of uh, infectious and everyone else kind of gets drawn to it. They feel, you know, when you, how I see things is that when we become vulnerable and when we open up, you know, kind of our wounds, we provide, we're providing a safe space for other people as well to do the same. Absolutely. So it's kind of a platform of safety for, for other people to kind of want to open up as well. Because right. how many times have you, when you talk about your uh, your personal experiences, Terry, how how often do people come up to you right afterwards and say, that story was amazing, and I want to tell you about my story. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, when I first started, you know, my I first started testing the waters on Facebook. <laughs> yeah. My poor friends and family, you know, they got inundated with my trauma history. <laughs> yeah. But what I found just blew me out of the water was how many private messages or and or texts that I got not in response to my post but privately that said oh my god me too yeah you know I had this happen or I had that happen and like how did you do it and and so these conversations would start or I would have will you meet me at Starbucks and you know we'd have a coffee and we'd meet and we'd have these powerful beautiful you know soul-to-soul conversations um, yeah. And because like you said, you know, I was the first to put my hand up and then others, you know, were like, yeah, me and, too. And, and when you hear other people kind of reaching out to you like that, it doesn't that give you fuel to just keep on doing it. Yes. Oh, right? for sure. It's like we talk about circles back to the whole purpose discussion, right? And yeah. Yeah. Definitely. So I'm going to throw my favorite question at you now. Okay. What's that? If you could meet anyone in the world dead or alive, to help you with your continued journey, who would it be? If I can meet anyone dead or alive. Wow. So many. <laughs> but if I pick one. <laughs> I know. I think that's why I love this question. So yeah, much. I know. It makes people think, right? I know, right? <laughs> Good thing you caught me this time of day, not like 5 a.m. in the morning. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to have to say my childhood self. No. I'd love to meet my myself as a kid, as a young boy who is often vulnerable, often hurt, uh, often, you know, kicked down both, you know, physically and metaphorically and reach out to him and give him a big hug and tell him everything's going to be okay and that I love him. Oh my gosh. That is just like the coolest answer because I wanted to just like reach out and hug you when you said it. <laughs> that is great. I mean, what? But don't we all really ultimately don't we all, you know, we yeah. want to kind of say, say, you know, and give our, give that love that was missing. Yeah. That's powerful. Yeah. Yeah. Beautiful. That's a question, though. Yeah. Well, thank you. Thank you for that. Yeah. I mean, that's going to have me thinking. I'm going to be journaling on that for a few days. <laughs> oh, there you go. <laughs> Good for thought. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. Um, one other question that I, I like to ask, you know, on almost every podcast is, are there any myths or facts that you want to clarify, um, you know, about, yeah. or, or, uh, you know, we talked a little bit, you know, about men and, yeah. um, you know, seeking um, help with, with any mental health struggles, but anything else? Yeah. The biggest myth that I faced growing up was that this is all nonsense. 
like childhood abuse, uh, trauma that affects you. That's all nonsense. Right. I've been told that many times um, growing up. And even as an adult, when I try to address my problems, uh, that, you know, this has affected me, you know, like the abuse affected me, whether it's through my depression, through my anger problems. And it's, it was quickly brushed aside, dismissed, yeah. minimalized and said, that's all nonsense. And it's all in your head and it's you that has to change. I guess there's some truth to that last statement. Right. And I guess, I guess in many instances where that uh, talking about abuse with your abusers isn't often well received because they're not prepared to hear it or not prepared to accept it. So that's the biggest myth. Yeah. And that's, that's very true. I remember talking to my mom for the first time about her, the impact of her drinking her Mm -hmm. alcoholism on me and um, you know, the perpetrators of the sexual abuse in my life. And she, I remember her saying to me, Oh, that's just in the past, you know, just let it go. Yeah, Get over it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah I, get over it. <laughs> yeah. But now that she's sober, um, you know, we're having these very deep, powerful conversations, you know, and I, that's one of the things I talked to her about is mom, what happened to you in your childhood? You know, why, why, why did you self-medicate with alcohol and, and prescription drugs for so long? And, she's starting to open up and she's healing. And I think now she's realizing the impact that her childhood trauma had on her. Um, and it's really helping her, you know, one, stay sober, uh, but two, with her, with her healing um, and not needing to self-medicate. So I like the fact that you, you, you bravely asked her and I, I applaud her for being able to even answer that. You know, many times people feel that it's just too painful for them to even acknowledge that they yeah. were hurt, you know, pain is oftentimes a, uh, uh, a symptom of anger, you know, or like, sorry, anger is a symptom of right. pain to feel, right. right? And um, I recently wrote a blog about forgiveness and understanding, you know, our abusers from our past. And, you know, when you, when you did that, when you started understanding what hurt your mom, doesn't it kind of bring a lot more clarity? Oh context it it does not changed everything exactly it 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 certainly doesn't you know um it doesn't make the abuse any less painful and it doesn't mean that their behavior was okay by any stretch it doesn't condone their behavior right but it brings a, a, a lot more clarity to you and almost like okay now i realize that the abuse that i faced from you wasn't because of, you know, I wasn't lovable. I wasn't, you know, I wasn't good enough for you. It was because you couldn't deal with the pain that you, you experienced growing up. Yes. And, and relating it to anger, you know, I even said to her, I was so angry with you, mom, about your drinking. Um, And now I'm much more, empathetic to her, to her, um, you know, her trauma yeah. and um, the impact that it, it had on her. So in my anger, my anger just dissipated. Yeah. Yeah. I would imagine so because, and, and I read a book uh, recently, I got it as a lovely Christmas present, Louise Hayes. Um, yeah. Healing your life. You can and heal your life. Yeah. You can heal your life. There's a great section in there about forgiveness, as you know, right? And one of the exercises, which I just recently did, was a 30-day imagery exercise of trying to imagine 
your your mother, your father, whoever your the abuser is, as a child, and what they had to endure, right? And right. then just kind of like hold that space for them, you know, and you know, don't judge them for what they did to you, but just just kind of see them as a child. And it's very very empowering to be able to visualize like for myself to visualize my mom as a child, I had no idea. Cause like I, I've never seen any old photographs of her before, or I know very little about her past cause she's never opened up or talked about it, but I just, you know, how can you be angry at a little girl who was probably in pain crying, oh. or abused as well? Right. Right. So when you kind of like create that imagery in your head, like you said, that anger almost kind of dissipates. Yeah. Well, and that's why I say, I mean, this ACE is, all of this coming to light, being a part of the ACES community, but you know, the, the Oprah interview with Dr. Bruce Perry, I mean, and just kind of bringing it all to the forefront. That was the moment that I kind of took a step back, which I was so kind of surprised at myself that I hadn't done it yet, but it, it was almost like I was blinded to it mm. and took a step back. And I was like, I wonder what happened to my mom. <laughs> like, I wonder where, I wonder if, if that's what, where this is all coming from. And yeah, and it, it opened up those doors to communication. So, yeah. I hope to get to that point. So, yeah. Yeah. Cause I, I think you're absolutely right. You know, and I think that's a, that's a very big step is to, to really have that healthier relationship, you know, with your caregiver, if it is even at all possible. Right. Right. I know it's for sure. Harder for a lot of people than others. And, well, sure. Yeah. I mean, obviously my mom was receptive to, um, you know, but there, I'm sure there's be people who would not be, would not be. Yeah. because they're not ready. Yeah. Um, yeah. and may, may never be, but, yeah. yeah. Um, it, it would at least healing, I, I think to take it, make an effort maybe, but yeah. yeah. Um, so last question, um, what is your dream job and are you doing it? <laughs> oh boy. I love these questions. <laughs> I'll tell you my two dream jobs as a kid. And I'll tell you my, my, my dream job now. Uh, when I was growing up, so I'm, I'm Canadian, right? So I, I'm a huge hockey fan. And so I've always been a huge fan of the Arizona Coyotes and always wanted to be the goaltender for the Arizona Coyotes. They're not a very good team, mind you. <laughs> so... You know, I thought, hey, I could, I could be better than so and so in that. So right, <laughs> yes. But so that was dream job number one. Dream job number two. When I was even younger, I was a huge fan of watching Brady Bunch, and I always wanted to be Mike Brady. That's Brady awesome. I love the Brady Bunch. Yeah. And I wanted to be an architect. I had no idea what they did. <laughs> <laughs> I always wanted to be Mike but Brady. He's just such a cool guy, you know. Because he's walking around, he's you know working in his den, he's sketching who knows what and he's <laughs> carrying that tube in the amusement park when <laughs> that was a king's island in cincinnati just fyi oh, it was a big deal here in cincinnati when Is the brady right? came to king's well, there island you go. wow yeah i didn't know that <laughs> <laughs> trivia exactly exactly you've learned something today about cincinnati yeah. wow. now i really want to become that architect <laughs> right <laughs> And, and I guess as an adult, you know, I've, obviously in the last few years, I've really enjoyed doing what I'm doing on the side, which is, you know, being an author, speaker, and mental health right. advocate. Um, you know, I, th I think a cool job would be somehow combining travel with kind of helping to, 
to share awareness and to learn about other people and, and their stories as well. And I, and I thought about Anthony Bourdain, you know, and kind of doing a, a, a collection of what he's done of, of reaching out to people and understanding the soul and the depths of whether it's the food or the travel and the people yeah. and, and, and just kind of digging deeper into what makes people think and, and tick. Right. That's cool. I've thought about, and I've said it to other people, um, you know, like I would love to do like an ACEs tour, like get yeah. a bunch of us together um, these like-minded and just like, just go to places and not necessarily like speaking in these gigantic auditoriums yeah, yeah, yeah. talking to people, just, just talking to people. Yeah. That'd be so cool. Talking I know. Yeah. All right. right. <laughs> I got to come out there anyway. So yeah. yeah <laughs> so any, anything else that you want to talk about, touch on before we, we end this? Well, no, it's just really just, you know, I love the work that you do, Terry. And uh, you've been recently followed your, your Facebook page and your, your website. And I just want to really applaud you for, for taking that step in your journey. You've been through a hell of a lot <laughs> and you're, you know, you're really a beacon right now for so many people. And uh, thank you for that. Well, thank you. Touch my heart. Um, and I can say the same for you. And um, again, I just think, you know, I'm telling the audience, uh, if you want to read beautiful writing, I'm very drawn to beautiful writing. Um, check out Jason's blogs and um, his writing, because again, the work you're doing is beautiful as well. And I thank you for it and shining your light of hope. Thank you. Yeah, for sure. All right. Well, I'm going to do a quick little close out here. Everybody, thank you for joining us today. And until next time, remember to be gentle with yourselves. Thanks. Bye-bye.